0: Hey fam, what is up? What is happening? We are on to May, Mm -hmm. which means the NFL draft is officially in the books. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. And, you know, uh, so it's time. You know, now that we got landing spots to uh, do a little super flex mock. We've done, you know, we did a a pre-draft mock, and now we're going to do a post-draft mock. So, uh, you know, see how things have changed a little bit. Now we got landing spots where some of these players have landed, and I think things have changed some here uh with, with with the draft uh some players fell a little further than i think people expected some players were a little bit maybe higher uh pete carroll doing pete carroll things and drafting zach charbonnet uh, but i'm sure we will get into all that as we talk through this so let's just go ahead and get this thing uh rolling with the 101 cody last time you went anthony richardson i believe are you going to go anthony richardson again or are you going to go Bijan?
1: It is Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson is the is the one-on-one. Now I get it. If if you want to play it a little bit safer, Bijan and Anthony Richardson are the clear one and two to, to me. Whatever order you have him. But if Anthony Richardson hits, he is going to be more valuable to your super flex team than Bijan John Robinson is. So I'm going to go Anthony Richardson at one. I love the landing spot. I think he has the best landing spot among all these quarterbacks. I think he steps into the best offense. I really like Steichen coming over from the Eagles, who just had a similar-ish type of quarterback with Jalen Hurts, and we all know what he did last year. So it is going to be Anthony Richardson at numero uno for me.
0: You know, uh, I can't really argue with that. I think from just fantasy purposes, I think he just has the highest ceiling, right? And so I, I don't mind the pick, right? Um, I think other people, you know, have kind of dug in and you know feel like you know Bijan should be number one, but I have no problem with going Anthony Richardson, especially in a super flex format. So uh, I'm going to go Bijan at 102. Uh, no reason to get cute here. Um, you know, goes to Atlanta Falcons, and like from an NFL perspective, terrible pick. We know taking a running back in the top ten, or even really for that matter, really in the, in the, in the within the top twenty, is just bad process. With all that being said, we we don't you can beat a dead horse all you want it happened so let's talk about what it means now like this is actually probably a great landing spot because he steps in a situation where as much as I love Tyler Algier uh Tyler Algier is officially dead and this was a, a, a rushing attack last year that was fantastic with you know Cordell Patterson and Caleb Huntley and you know and Tyler Algier back there and now you put Bijan Robinson there where he's also going to be able to utilizes a pass catcher out of the backfield, true three-down workhorse. And so, I mean, this is a great landing spot. I think there's other places he could have went to that I wouldn't have liked as much. While this offense still needs some work, they, they could definitely still use a quarterback. I'm not I'm not sold on Desmond Ritter. But if things don't work out, they could be set up fantastic next year if, you know, if things don't fall off the rails for them because they could be sitting there getting Caleb Williams with Kyle Pitts and Drake London and B. John Robinson ready to go. So, I mean, this offense is ready to go. It's just the really, I feel like missing a quarterback we'll see on Desmond Renner, but Bijan John is a lock for 102.
1: Yeah, really uh nothing nothing to add there. So let's keep moving. I'm going at the 103. Again, this is a super flex mock. Gonna be taking Bryce Young here. This is a little bit of a switch for me. I did have CJ Stroud ahead of him uh pre-draft, but I just like the line the landing spot a little bit more. I think there are some some more weapons, at least in the meet in the immediate part for Bryce Young. Uh, I like the the staff that is built around him as well. The Carolina Panthers have a sneaky offensive, uh, sneaky good offensive line. Sorry, uh, that, you know, we've talked about here a couple of times. I think they were like ninth in uh, adjusted line yards, according to Football Outsiders last year. And I think they were banged up a little bit. So if that line comes back healthy. Now the, the weapons aren't fantastic by any means, but at least they're trying to put some pieces around him, uh, you know, they ended up taking Jonathan Mingo, which was a little bit of a surprise. I think that for, for a lot of people with his as he went, I think he was wide receiver five off the board for the NFL draft. So the 103 here is going to be Bryce Young.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go, you know, uh, not surprisingly, another quarterback. I think it makes sense. Uh, CJ Stroud, who uh, I like more than uh, than Bryce Young. And I actually think, well, I think this might be actually be a better situation than the Panthers a little bit here with the Texans, because while yes, they don't have that true star wide receiver or anything like that to pair him with. They do have Dalton Schultz there who is, you know, it can be a very functional pass catcher, out of, uh, you know, for them. I do think that they have some weapons there. You know, we'll have to see what happens with, uh, you know, with Mechie. Obviously he missed last year. You know, he'll be back this year and they made a lot of other improvements to that offense. So, There may not be like a star wide receiver here for him right out the gate, but at the very least, I think uh, where they stand, I wish they would have done things a little bit differently. I think if you would have went Stroud there, I wish they wouldn't have traded back up to get Will Anderson. I think you could have at twelve went and got Jackson Smith and Jigba to kind of give him that that you know that that kind of pass catcher there that he could he could have worked with, but um, so you know it didn't happen. But regardless of that, uh, I still think uh, CJ Stroud is kind of a slam dunk, and I think he has just as high of ceiling as any is uh, the other two quarterbacks that, that has already been gone and so see you know CJ Shroud is locked in for me you know as the next uh, guy off the board and i think this is kind of where i think most rookie drafts are really going to start
1: yeah for sure uh next up here i'm going to go you know we we talked about the the Falcons and them taking Bijan at 8 the the next one which was much more of a surprise was Jameer Gibbs going at 12th overall to the Lions? That's where I'm going here at 105. Um, very curious pick there from the Lions. They they had a really really odd draft, but then like if you like switch some of the names around, like it doesn't look as bad. But in order, like it, there were just some some questionable picks there. Uh, obviously with uh, with DeAndre Swift being moved to Philly, that opens things up. Obviously, Gibbs is a much more explosive runner than uh, than David Montgomery. With as with as much hatred and, I guess, just like lack of of overall seeming production from DeAndre Swift last year, I think he was still like RB twenty in points per game, and that was with him playing like what was it like forty percent of the snaps or something like that you're not going to have the Lions take him at 12 and give him that same treatment. I still obviously think it's going to be a split between him and uh, Montgomery, but I don't think it's going to be as drastic as it was with uh, with Jamal Williams there and DeAndre Swift last year. So uh, the, the the other wide receiver just landing in maybe some questionable spots. Jameer Gibbs in a full PPR league is a, is an easy 105 here for me.
0: Yeah, so for me, I think for... It, next up is definitely a wide receiver. I mean, once Zach Charbonnet, uh, you know, got Pete Carrolled, uh, it kind of took him out of the running for that. I do think there's some other running backs that are super interesting that I really do like, but, you know, here is definitely a wide receiver. And I think it comes down to, for me, I really, I think you can make a case for a couple of these guys. Like I think long-term, obviously JSN has the highest ceiling. And while we shouldn't count factor in too much in terms of a uh, landing spot, especially for wide receivers, at least for this year, like I think it's going to be a little bit hard for him to kind of reach his, his, you know, the ceiling. Now he is still a rookie, but like he is going to be the third wide receiver here in this offense. And I just have question marks about Geno Smith. Like, can he repeat what he did last year? They definitely want to run the football by their pick of Zach Charbonnet. So I don't know if enough volume is going to be there. And I feel like that there hasn't been as much made about Quentin Johnson, about him going to the chargers. Like, of all the landing spots of the wide receivers that went in the first round, like no, to me, like there's no wide receivers even close to, to the landing spot that he got. I mean, he's, he's you're getting him paired with Justin Herbert. You're talking about two wide receivers that are always injured, and Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen is 30 plus years old. Like like Keenan Allen could definitely be gone after this year, which would be a similar situation if Tyler Lockett were to leave for JSN. But None of these wide receivers have Justin, you know Justin Herbert, you know throwing them the football and an offense that I really love now with Kellen Moore coming in as the offensive coordinator. So it's probably going to be controversial, but I'm going to go Quentin Johnson. I'm sticking with it. I think this is a great landing spot. When he landed there, I'm like, fuck, you know, as a fan of the Kansas City Chiefs, um, and I think they're going to be able to use him correctly. I think it gives Justin Herbert that that uh, that next weapon that they really need. We saw last year when guys would fall off that offense, um, you know, it wasn't as great. But I, I like Quentin Johnson. I think the hate for him has gone way, way too far for where he is. And you know, obviously the NFL uh, you know, disagrees. A lot of people, people are saying, oh, he's going to fall out of the first round. That didn't happen. He was the second wide receiver off the board. One pick uh, you know after JSN went. So um, I love Quentin Johnson. I think this is a terrific landing spot uh, for him.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I kind of went back and forth between him and the the, the next guy here and I'm going to go with JSN here at the 107 um I know for, for obviously for year one, it's not a great landing spot. Right. But again, this is dynasty, we don't care necessarily about year one. We're thinking long-term full picture here. He was still my favorite wide receiver in this draft class after he was getting knocked for li- literally no reason. I think we just get bored at some point and we have to find someone like, Oh, JSN was the clear number one wide receiver in this class. Not anymore. We got to cut him down for no reason. Uh, but, you know, uh, Tyler Lockett obviously getting up there in age. DK Metcalf is, is still going to be around. Uh, looks like they're finally starting to build some semblance of an offensive line after not doing that for Russell Wilson for his entire tenure. But that's a, another another tirade for a different day. But I, I think the, 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 the landing spot, again, year one, not fantastic. But going forward, I'm fine with it. I'm not going to knock him down any further. So I'm going to go JSN here at 107.
0: Yeah. And so next up is going to be Jordan Addison for me, uh, because uh, again, uh, he has a clear path to immediate playing time. Adam Thielen is gone. I think he slides right into the slot there. Um, You know, I think he's going to slide right into the slot. And, you know, when you look at that offense, um, you know, yes, TJ Hawkinson is still there. He's probably the third target at at the very least, but I still think this is a great landing spot for him. And um, you know, he he gets this first round draft capital as well. You know, I know Zay Flowers is going to be a guy a lot of people like as well. And I think you can make a case for him. You know, uh, I don't know, I'm not sure if that's going to be your next pick. But I mean, when you look at Zay Flowers, uh, yes. But I, I still have concerns with that offense. Yes, that offense is going to throw the ball more uh, with Greg Roman gone finally. So that, with Todd Monk in there, they're definitely going to be throwing the ball more. But I don't think it's going to be this drastic change. And there's still, you know, a lot of other you know players there. Mark Andrews, you know, um, Rashad Bateman. Odell with whatever left he has in the tank. So I really like Zay Flowers, but I just think, you know, year one and beyond, I think Jordan Addison is in a great spot.
1: Yep. I I really don't have, we're we're pretty chalky here so far. I mean, we're pretty, pretty in step. Now, I don't know if we are going to be in step on this next one. Maybe this will be uh, our first, like, you know, real spicy one. But I'm going to go Devon A-Chain at 109. I know I get it, sub 190 running back, but he landed in a fantastic spot in Miami. Um, there was no, there was no chance he was going to be a featured NFL back, right? So, where does it go? He lands in a, in a place where they use more than one running back at a time, which I think is going to be perfect for him. He just brings another level of speed to that already, you know, deadly offense between uh, between Tyreek and Jalen Waddle. So really like this landing spot. I think the running scheme fits him very well as well. So there's really nothing that I that that I there's nothing that I don't like about this about this landing spot. Obviously, what I wish that he was you know 200 pounds, of course. But we've seen you know Raheem Moser isn't necessarily a big back. Obviously, Jeff Wilson isn't a big back either. I think they're both right around like that 200 pound mark. You know, you know, we're not talking about 225 pound running backs with those guys, but they're both speedy. They both excelled in this, uh, in this offense. So I'm going to go ahead and take a chain here at the one Oh nine. Like it a little
0: spice and yeah, change it up. a I don't mind that at all. And So now, like, I think it comes down to me. It's, it's a flowers or it is, uh, one of the tight, one of the tight ends, uh, namely Dalton Kincaid. But, um, I think I'm going to go with, uh, Zay flowers here. He should definitely not fall out of the first round. Again, I talked about some of the issues that I do have with Zay Flowers, but overall, um, you know, I still think that he's in a good spot. I think they're going to u- utilize him in a lot of different ways, get the, get the ball in his hands because him after the catch is special. So um, I do like Zay Flowers. And this is the best wide receiver we've ever seen uh, for for Lamar Jackson. All this time, it, you know, it finally took them, you know, once they finally gave him to an extension to actually surround him with good weapons, and this is going to be the best, the most weapons he's ever had uh, in his career. So, uh, hopefully, Lamar Jackson takes that big step forward as a passer, but not just as a runner. And if that's the case, then you know I think that spells good things for Zay Flowers. So I'm not going to let Zay Flowers fall anymore. So Zay Flowers here.
1: Yeah, he would have been my my next pick had you taken the the tight end that you were mentioning. And that's where I'm going to go here with my next pick. I'm going King Kane. Now, at first, I really wasn't sure about the landing spot. Just because you know we, we've seen someone like Dawson Knox like have his up and downs. So, he'll you know he'll pop off for a game, then he'll go completely unheard of for, for the next three or four. But then I saw Brandon Bean mention that you can expect him to be flexed out more, you know, kind of put put in a slot type role more so than Dawson Knox, and that really piqued my interest. Um, you know, I I like Khalil Shakir. But you know he was he was what a fifth round sixth round pick he was he was a day three guy they obviously spent the first round capital on King, on Kincaid and that was without Kincaid you know doing anything at the combine because he was a little banged up and with that injury and they still felt comfortable enough to take him where they did so uh, you know Gabe Davis has also been a disappointment for our fantasy team so I'm I'm coming around on it and I, I think at this point it makes uh, it makes the most sense so I'm gonna go Kincaid here at the second to last pick of the first round
0: so with the the four wide receivers the four first round wide receivers off the board I think I'm gonna go tight end again here and I'm gonna go with Michael Mayer uh you know he did fall a little bit in the draft I think people were a little surprised that he fell uh you know he didn't fall too far he just fall early second but I think Mayer falling to the Raiders I think is actually a really good landing spot because of Darren Waller being gone you know, I know they have some other weapons there, Jacoby Myers and stuff like that. But I think this is a really good landing spot for Michael Mayer. He's going to be able to easily step right in. You know, I don't love Jimmy Garoppolo as a quarterback, but you know he has shown the ability, obviously, to be able to support multiple pass catchers in his time in San Francisco. So while you know Devonte Adams is still the uh, unquestioned alpha there, I think Michael Mayer steps into a fantastic role here for the Raiders. So uh, I'm going to go with Michael Mayer here.
1: Man, we are we are locked step here I, I don't know where you would have had where you would have had a chain but this is a very uh, very similar order to to how i have it right now currently so this is this is interesting i, I think we we're definitely a little more different before the before the draft happened but uh to kick off the the second round here this is a super flex he did fall you know we had to look at him and you know his girlfriend and all the other girls are around him in the green room during that entire first round, but I'm going to go ahead and take Will Levis here at the two one. Obviously, Ryan Tannehill is not going to be sticking around long. Uh, anyone who loved Malik Willis, myself included, it looks like that dream is over. So give me, uh, give me Will Levis here in a superflex format to kick off the second round.
0: Yeah, I don't mind that. I'm mean, especially in a superflex. Um, so for me, like I like I, I, I can't do it. Like, I can't take Zach Charbonnet here. I just, I can't do it. Like, I, I can't, Um. I, I just, I he just doesn't really stand out to me anymore. So now I think you look at wide receiver. I think there's definitely a couple wide receivers I'm going to take here, but I am going to go running back and I'm going to go with my new RB3. And that is Kendra Miller. Uh, who I'm going to go with here at the 20? Are we at 201 or 202? Anyways, um, I'm going to go with Kendra Miller steps into a really good landing spot here, especially for a running back. We know Alvin Kamara now is going, well, or not now, but likely is going to be suspended. You know, could be four games, could be six games, could be more, depending on what happened here with his legal troubles. He's also getting up there in age. He's somebody that I do not think they want to continue to utilize as much as they did last year. So, really good landing spot for Kendra Miller. Um, I don't necessarily love the offense overall, but I do think Kendra Miller landed in a really good spot in the third round. So you're going to the Saints. So I'm going to go with Kendra Miller, who is now my new RB three.
1: Yeah. Um, God. The, what? What does Pete Carroll have to do the things that that he does? I. I I can't put I can't put Charbonnet at f3 anymore and I, I've seen some people or I mean obviously I have uh, a chain uh, above him but I, I just can't I can't get behind people that are still ranking Charbonnet as highly as they are um, you know and unless if there is an injury that we are unaware of or you know something ca- coming down the line for for Ken Walker now obviously they had to, to add some uh, add some depth after you know Rashad Penny landed with uh, the Eagles, and I think they also lost uh, one of those receiving backs uh, to somewhere. The it's escaping me right now, but you know they they had to do it. But did they have to do it in the second round after spending capital that same capital on Ken Walker last year? So it it's it's so sad because we have limited running backs that like we're like really excited about, right? And then that just went and killed two of them anyway uh at the 203 here i'm going to take tight end three and then it's going to be sam laporta out of iowa really like this landing spot landing in that offense with detroit Uh, you know obviously we saw tj hawkinson have success there i think that you know with once jameson williams comes back from his suspension you know who knows will we ever see him actually in in a full role at this point who knows uh you know seems like it's never going to happen but I think this makes a, this pick made a lot of sense for Detroit. Obviously, fills a need that they had. Um, really like his game. I think he, you know, between him and Michael Mayer, those are probably the two best overall tight ends, just in terms of their blocking ability and uh, you know uh, their ability as a receiver as well. So, really like Sam Laporta. Happy to take him here at the beginning of the second.
0: Yeah, that was an excellent landing spot for him uh, when he was picked there. Um, so next up, I'm going to go back to wide receiver. And, you know, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go with Josh Downs. Um, I still have him as my wide receiver five uh, that I think other people might, you know, value. A couple of other guys that had a little bit earlier draft capital than he did. But, you know, he was a third round pick, 79th overall to the Colts. But it's just excellent landing spot that he got. I mean, very limited in terms of, uh, competition. I mean, really, it's him. It's it's Michael Pittman, Alec Pierce, and then I think he slides right in as be the every down slot player over there for them. Um, I don't know why he fell the way that he did. Um, it doesn't really make a lot of sense, especially as as productive as he was at North Carolina. But you know, regardless, I don't really care anymore. Uh, you know, of that point, I, he he goes to an excellent landing spot with the Colts, and I, I think I have less questions about some of the other options that you know the guys that did go ahead of him in the second round. You know, like you know Marvin Mims, for example, I dropped all the way down to my tier three of wide receivers, going to the Broncos. I just don't have a whole lot of faith. You know, I think Russell Wilson will turn it around a little bit, but they, he's still the third or fourth, if not the fifth, passing option there for them there uh, with the Broncos. I know he went ahead of him. Um, I think you know you can make an argument for a Jaden Reed or a Jonathan Mingo or a Reishi Rice who all went ahead of him, but I just think overall landing spot really very uh, little standing in front of him. I think makes him a lot still. Uh, Still, people should still value him as much as they did before.
1: I'm with you, man. I think we're going to end up being higher on Josh Downs and consensus, and I'm completely fine with it for for everything that you just laid out there. Uh, You did slip in the name of who I am going to be taking next, and I have ranked just slightly ahead. I have him one spot ahead as of right now, and that is Sir Jonathan mingo going to the carolina panthers like i said i think he was a little bit of a surprise he was definitely getting some buzz as we were like getting through the getting through the offseason especially among like the actual like nfl type people he had you know he had some people i think uh you really liked him uh kev you know whenever we were doing our uh rookie wide receiver rankings before the before the draft but now he lands in a spot where there really isn't a lot ahead of him especially after this year DJ Chark and Adam Thielen were both brought in on like cheap one-year deals, and it could be uh, it could be him as the wide receiver one for that team next year. Now, obviously, they're going to be adding more weapons to put around Bryce Young, but uh, he's going to get that jump start in terms of building that rapport with him. Who who else they bring like Hayden Hurst or Austin Hooper, one of those tight ends that's been kicked around a bunch. Uh, they, They brought one of those guys in as well, but again, I'm not not all that worried about it. Really like this landing spot for Jonathan Mingo and I really like the idea of him and Bryce Young starting to build that rapport early. Again, might might not uh, jump out to a to a hot start year one, but I think year two and and beyond is going to be a really nice pairing for those two.
0: Yeah, it's like a, a misfit group of uh, of weapons they have there. Yeah, because they brought in Hayden Hurst, DJ Chark, Adam Thielen. You know, Leviska Chenault's obviously still there too. So. It's a uh, you know a, a, just a bunch of misfits there uh, and not a lot ahead of him. Yes, I love Jonathan Mingo. I was uh, hoping that he was gonna fall to the Chiefs. It did not happen. Um, but uh, Jonathan Mingo here, uh, I like that pick. I'm gonna go with Jaden Reed as my next pick here for the you know the drafted the Green Bay. Finally, uh, you know it felt like the Packers were really on a mission to surround uh, you know C- uh, love with uh, Jordan Love with a lot of weapons because they took three offensive weapons you know, in, in in the second round was going with uh, Jaden Reed and they took Luke Musgrove. And then as well as um, the other tight end, uh, his name is escaping me off the top of my head. Um, what's his name? Tucker um, Kraft. Yeah. Tucker craft. Um, so, you know, they added a lot of weapons there, but really, I mean, Alan Lazard is now gone from that offense and, you know, it's Romeo Dobbs. The only other guy that's kind of ahead of them uh, in terms of uh, options. And then you have, uh, you know, um, Christian Watson as well there. But Christian Watson wasn't really a volume guy, right? Like, he scored a lot of touchdowns, but he wasn't a guy that, you know, that I think where – I think that's where Jaden Reed fits in, where he can be much more in the slot and, you know, a guy who is excellent with the uh, ball in his hands after the catch ability and every all, all of those things that he brings to the table. So very early draft capital for Jaden Reed. So I really like the Jaden Reed pick. Uh, sad that he fell to the Packers because, again, another guy that I was hoping the Chiefs would take. So uh, I'm I'm gonna go with uh, Jaden Reed here next up.
1: We are incredibly close in in our rankings. He was he was my next pick, and I guess you're gonna force me to do it. Uh, you know the, the fall has to stop at some point. I will take Zach Charbonnet here at, at two hundred seven. I'm sure, like again, he's someone I d- I don't understand. I think you know a lot of people are still mocking, still ranking him as like in like that 12 to like 15 range. I, I just, I can't get there, man. I, I can't do it. But at this point, with some of the other names that are still out there, you know, we're, we're getting to the point where, especially in this class, there are questions either surrounding the prospect themselves, their landing spot, where they landed in terms of the depth chart and things like that, their athletic profile, all, the, all those sorts of things. So I'm finally going to stop the slide. I'm sure there's people out there screaming that we hadn't taken him yet. No, we did not forget him. We are both just—we're uh, we're both just very disappointed. We—we are—we are—we we are burnt by this. And uh, you know, I, I will finally stop the slide. Zach Charbonnet, uh, Pete, what are you doing? I—I I, I don't know, man. I—I I, do—I do think that they are slightly different in the way that they could be used. Like, I think Charbonnet obviously has the much better receiving profile. Than Walker did coming out of college, right? Because we were, we were all questioning whether or not Walker could even catch the ball because he had so few, uh, you know, targets and catches at Michigan State. But I, I think, you know, Charbonnet—I think at least 20 catches the the past two years. I want to say if not if not higher. Um, but I—I I don't know, man. I just don't have a ton of faith in Pete Carroll. Being able to utilize both of these guys, with you know, even though they do have some distinct differences in their skill set, um, but the the slide stops here. Zach Charbonnet, I'm I'm heartbroken.
0: They they are definitely different. Uh, they're de- definitely different prospects. I think you could also see Charbonnet be utilized much more on the goal line and. Um, and the short yard situation because Kenneth Walker was not great in those areas last year, and nor was he really in college. He's much more of just kind of a home run hitter, illustrated in his, you know, kind of his breakaway run rate, his breakaway runs last year. Um, that, that's kind of what he brings to the table, where I think that Charbonnet is much more of that kind of that grinder in between the tackles guy, somebody that can be utilized, you know, uh, you know, on the goal line and stuff like that. Or I don't know if Kenneth Walker. And we can see where Kenneth Walker is more relegated to you know early down work and that's it and then he comes off the field and then it's you know zach Charbonnet time until you get down inside the goal line and then you know he stays on on the game so to to me when it comes to running backs we have such a short window with these guys that if you have and we're not talking about kenneth walker who's in year three or year four you're talking about kenneth walker who's coming off his rookie season and so these guys gonna be playing together for the next three years so Outside of an injury happening, when are you ever going to be able to really feel comfortable? You know, with Zach Charbonnet, right? Like, when is his value going to go up because of you know, with Kenneth Walker still there? Now, unless Kenneth Walker is completely falls off the table or suffers 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 a you know catastrophic injury like an Achilles or something like that, then you're just never going to feel comfortable utilizing him. And so, I don't see how you can still have him ranked high. You know, yes, it's possible that Kenneth Walker falls off and Zach Charbonnet takes over this backfield. Those are all things that are possible, but I wouldn't put any amount of money on it. And so. But that being said, like I just think there's so many other options you just feel better about. And so I just can't feel comfortable taking Zach Charbonnet. And so for me, next pick, I definitely think there's a running back here that I could take because there's another running back that I actually like, even though he was a day three pick. But I'm going to go with wide receiver here. And I'm going to go with Rishi Rice, who went to the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh Clearly, this was a the guy they wanted. They traded up to get him. They brought him in. For a, uh, their top 30 visits. He actually went, he was one of the all, also was a player that worked out with Patrick Mahomes, which wasn't really mentioned. Uh, it was talked about with Zay Flowers and Quentin Johnson, but he also worked out with Pat Mahomes as well. And as Pat Mahomes absolutely loved the dude. Um, and so I like, he's not like a super sexy player, but I think he is still really solid yards after the catch. Was hyper productive last year 96 receptions, 1,300 receiving yards, and 10 touchdowns. Now this is a hodgepodge group of wide receivers that they're going to have because they still have Sky Moore, they still have Kadarius Tony, who is still there. They still have MBS, but Rasheed Rice is a little bit bigger, six foot two hundred pounds. Uh, I, somebody that I think that is going to play kind of that Juju Smith uh, Schuster role for them. I think that is where they envision u- utilizing him. He's not quite as big as he is, but I think that's the role they're going to be looking for him. And we know that Kadarius Tony never stays healthy. We didn't see Sky Moore uh, really kind of do anything. So I mean. Really, I mean, Rasheed Rice could end up being a you know wouldn't shock me if year one he finishes like a low end wide receiver two, wide receiver three type. So I do like Rasheed Rice going to the Chiefs here um, in this landing spot. So uh I was no way I was gonna let him fall any further than. Me.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it, I could have potentially taken him ahead of Zach Charbonnet as well. Um, just just for for everything you outlined, like Rice wasn't one of my favorites coming into the the process, but the capital, the landing spot, like you said, he does offer something different compared to some of the other wide receivers, and, and eventually the Chiefs have to hit on one of these guys, right? Like eventually you guys are going to find someone to, to step in and actually take some, some of this production with, uh, with Patty Mahomes there. So really like that pick. I am going to go ahead and take, I don't know if this is the, the, the day three running back that you were alluding to Kev, but Ty J Spears is who I'm going to go ahead and take here. Um, I never thought I would be drafting or wanting to draft uh, a a running back who apparently doesn't have an ACL, but he was still taken in the, in the third round. And you have to assume, at least I hope that the Titans had this information as well. And this isn't coming uh, as as some shock uh, to them. And I thought about the fact that like, oh man, no no ACL. And then you have a pro football doc on Twitter talking about how, you know, he can play, but he's not gonna have a long NFL career. And then I kind of just realized that we really don't care about running backs for dynasty purposes after their first contract, anyway. Right. So I'm I, you're not really not planning on any of these guys, you know, outside of someone like a B. John Robinson to be on your dynasty teams for, you know, five, six, seven years. Um, so that that's that's why I still feel okay taking Ty J. Spears here. He's obviously a completely different back compared to uh derrick henry so i think maybe potentially even limiting his touches the this first year wouldn't be such a bad thing anyway considering he has no acl
2: in one of his knees.
0: that was not the running back that i was going to discuss but i but i do think the path is definitely there especially with derrick henry likely i mean he has to fall off some point right i mean or this is probably his last year with the titans one or the other um the guy I was actually going to bring up was Roshan Johnson. Um, I think he actually landed a really good landing spot with Chicago. Uh, you know, Khalil Herbert, but the you know the 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 new coaching staff, all that has no ties, no allegiance whatsoever to Khalil Herbert. They didn't draft him. That was the previous coaching staff that did. And so, as much as I love Khalil Herbert, I think Roshan Johnson can easily come in and kind of play that David Montgomery role. Come right in and be that guy. Um, I don't, I don't know if Roshon Johnson is quite as good as David Montgomery, but I don't think he's that far behind. Obviously, uh, there's still a little bit you know, unknown with him because he was playing so much behind Bijan Robinson. But in the opportunities that he was given, he was shown to be a quality pass catcher as well. So I really like Roshon Johnson here in this landing spot that he got with the Chicago Bears in an offense that – I seem to be higher on than some other people. I still think there's a lot of like hate out there for this offense and this team and Justin Fields in general. But I think everything they've done this offseason, I think they made a lot of really good moves. They had a really, really, really good draft. And so I like all the things that they've done. I think they're, this offensive line is definitely going to be better than it was before as well. So I do like Roshan Johnson here. Um, So I'm going to go with Roshan here. I probably could have went, you know, maybe another wide receiver, but I decided to go, I'm going to go Roshan.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't hate that pick. What so? Eva, I am going to go with a uh, w- with a wide receiver here, and I'm going to take Marvin Mims, landed with uh, with the Broncos. Now again, he's one of these guys that you know, year one, not a great situation, but I'm looking at year two and beyond for Marvin Mims. I really liked him uh, coming into this process. He was someone who I you know wasn't really understanding why he wasn't getting uh, you know more talk and buzz. He's been nothing but productive on limited uh, targets as well. It's like he was like some massive target hog. Also had to deal with a lot of, you know, changes, whether it's the coaching staff, quarterbacks, all that stuff. And he still did his thing. It does not seem like the, the Broncos are really all that in and all that uh, committed to either Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton. So this could be potentially, and, you know, at worst, he's wide receiver two for this team next year. There could potentially be a path where he's the top wide receiver, uh, you know, depending on how everything falls. Now, obviously, if they were to lose Judy and Sutton, they're gonna be adding someone else into the mix, but I think there is a, a possibility that he is a a much highly a much more highly sought after dynasty asset after uh year one here with uh with the Broncos.
0: Yeah, is, what pick are we on? That, is that it? We got one more. Uh, two twelve. You're up. So this is the last one. Whew. I think uh, you know, I think some people would look to go take Bigsby here. Um, uh, I I don't love the landing spot um for him. I think other people seem to really love it. Um, I I'm not as much. So I'm gonna go with Cedric Tillman here. Uh, he went to the Browns, and this is another another you know that could very quickly change for him. Uh, you know, uh, Donovan Peoples Jones, a free agent after. Uh, 2023 and so he easily could be step right in and be that number two wide receiver here for them um and i i think i do think Deshaun watson kind of gets back to being somewhere closer to the guy that he was prior to all of his you know shit and everything else before he you know was released by the texans and so i know last year he was absolutely dreadful and he was anemic but i think that he you know with the whole entire offseason getting further away from all that i think coming in being able to get the whole entire offseason training camp all that stuff i think sean watson's going to be a uh, much more of the guy he used to be, which is going to be great things for this offense. And so Cedric Tillman here at worst, he's the number three wide receiver. I know Devin David Bell was drafted in the third round by them last year, but I was never high on David Bell ever. And, and so I just think this is a good landing spot for Cedric Tillman and getting him here at the back half of the second round, early third round, I think is a good is, is good for him as well. So I'm going to go Cedric Tillman.
1: Yep. He would have been my, he would have been my next pick. And something else just to throw into there. Um, I looked up before we started, uh, the Amari Cooper contract, and he can be, if he's designated as a post-June 1 cut or trade next year, they can save $20 million against the cap. And that'll also be uh, Amari Cooper's age 30 season. So, again, it's another situation where we could be looking at Cedric Tillman as potentially the wide receiver one for for that offense. So I really like his, his long-term outlook as well. Uh, just want to throw out a couple couple more names because obviously you know a lot of people's uh, dynasty rookie drafts are f- at least four rounds you know if if not at a you know if not five or, or maybe a little bit more depending on your your depth and everything like that but you kind of mentioned tanks biz tanks tank bigsby in passing if I can speak. Uh, I, I think he makes some sense here you know toward you know the, the end of the second, beginning of the third, just because it doesn't seem like the the Jags want to give ETN a boatload of touches. They kind of start obviously started the season off between him and James Robinson, where it was a pretty pretty even split. There was a bunch of games where Robinson actually led in, in touches. and then we saw uh, ETN really take off and he was getting you know 18, 20 touches per week started to get banged up, slowed down a little bit, and then toward the the tail end of the season, they kind of brought that back. So I think Bigsby could be a, a nice complimentary piece. They also brought it they, – they re-signed um, Hasty, and they brought in Dearness Johnson as well. So I, I do think there's going to be a little bit more of a split than just being the, the ETN show. So I think he makes some sense. Obviously, Cedric Tillman's uh, college teammate – With Jalen Hyatt, the only thing I don't like about that landing spot is there are just a boatload of wide receivers with the the Giants now. Now, could he clearly make the jump and be ahead a bunch of them? A a bunch of them? Absolutely. But I also don't like it from the standpoint of Danny Dimes and what Jalen Hyatt does best, which is a deep ball ball. and I, I don't think that really matches up with Danny Dimes. But I, I do think he makes some sense, especially if you're looking for, you know, someone who could, you know, spike you a week. We were, I don't want to speak for you, but I was not a, a big Nathaniel Tank Dell person, but he, he got some surprising capital and also lands in a spot where the, the, the depth chart really isn't settled at all. So he's going to be able to go in there and at least get a crack to, to really jump in and be the dude for, for C.J. Stroud. So I think he makes some sense here, again, like in the, in the third round or so. I still wouldn't go crazy with it, but I think the beginning of the third is somewhere where I'd be looking to take him. Obviously, you have Hendon Hooker as well, which is a super flex league, especially getting to this point where there's like, you're talking about taking guys who are going in the fifth, sixth, seventh round. I think Hooker makes some sense. You know that there was, there was a lot of steam with him to potentially be a first-round pick Obviously, that didn't come to pass, but I think uh, I think going there, the, the only thing with with Hooker is, one, I don't think we were going to see him really much at all year one anyway, right? But now he's going to be landing in a spot where Goff could be moved on from next year. and We're still not really going to have any idea what Hooker is, so like, I don't think that there's necessarily going to be any type of uh, commitment to him from the lions. So, but again, third round, maybe Goff gets hurt. Hooker gets thrown in, you know, toward the middle of the season end of the season. And he can end up, you know, showing something potentially either for the lions or going forward for another team. I think you can look at him. Uh, we, we talked about the, the, the green Bay tight ends. I, I really don't know what to do there. I think this could potentially be a scenario with like what we saw with the Ravens a few years ago, where they took Hayden Hurst in the first and then Mark Andrews in a third. I think Tucker Kraft could end up being the the better tight end here and the guy that we want to go after. Um, so I wanted to throw him out there. Kev, there are there any other names? There's obviously uh, – there's some more that are interesting to me, but uh, don't want to t- I don't want to take all, all the names and leave uh, leave you with nothing to, to talk about. So anyone I didn't mention that, that you like here kind of throwing a dart at in the third and fourth rounds? Absolutely.
0: Chase Brown, uh, I think, is definitely yeah, one. He's uh, got, uh, got drafted by the Bengals, um, you know, in a landing spot where Joe Mixon has really struggled the last two years. Samaj P. Ryan is now gone. And, uh, you know, I think he 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 probably steps right in and gets opportunity, you know, this year. Uh, I think he could be the kind of in that relief role for him. Super athletic running back. You know, somebody with a 95th percentile burst score, a 90th percentile speed score for Chase Brown. Drafted in the fifth round, uh, you know, really had some really solid production his last year there at Illinois, 1,600 rushing yards, 13 touchdowns. Also somebody that is an a, a adequate pass catcher at 27 receptions uh, his final year there as well for 240 uh, yards. So I think Chase Brown really could be a super sneaky option with an offensive line that has been upgraded and, you know, obviously one of the best offenses in the league. You know, and if anything were to happen to Joe Mixon, I mean, Chase Brown could be absolutely – wheels up for Chase Brown. So I love Chase Brown taking shots on him in the third round of rookie draft. Um I think, you know, in terms of wide receiver, I think Tyler Scott is also kind of in an interesting spot as well. Uh you know, he goes to the Bears and, you know, if you look just a little bit further down the road, you know, Chase Claypool has never really been able to figure it out other than that one season he had, but he's a free agent after this year. Darnell Mooney is a free agent this year. I think um that when you look at Tyler Scott, and what he brings to the table, super athletic guy, uh, could play in the slot. I think he can play on the outside as well. And, and so I think he's another player that I would definitely be looking to kind of take some shots at here with Tyler Scott. And so those are kind of the two guys that really uh, stood out to me in terms of overall. You already hit on the other tight end. And then, you know, I I, I think that's, that's, that kind of is it. Like Israel Bandikanda, sad that he ends up going to the Jets. Like maybe yeah. he could have some relevancy <clears throat> um, with – you know, if Brees Hall, you know, is doesn't get going as soon as you know as we think he will, or maybe they want to ease him back in and not really give him like a full workload out of the gate, because it does sound like Brees Hall is much further along uh, in his rehab. It's like he could be ready for training camp, but I still think that you know, if they want to take some, you know, a little bit of the load off of him year one coming back from ACL, maybe Izzy VandeKan can kind of get some opportunities here, kind of that home run threat, uh, can kind of do it all running back as well, but. I was kind of sad when he went to the Jets, just because you know, obviously, Brees Hall's there. But I think he's a, another player that we could take a look at. And um, I could tell you the players that I don't want anything to do with, and that's Zach Evans. I don't, I don't, I don't want anything to do with Zach Evans. Like I, I know people are going to say Zach Evans, and, and like I, I get it, because if you look at the landing spot, he goes to the Rams. It's Cam Akers. Cam Akers has not been somebody that is a model citizen of health, so it's certainly possible. That he could, uh, you know, that he could get some opportunity there. But I'm just not that big of a fan of Zach Evans. But you know, we still have to get through some of the other stuff too. Like there's still some veteran running backs that are lurking out there, to just crush our hopes and dreams for some of these guys, right? Like you know, Litter Fournette, Zeke is still sitting out there. Like so, there's still some, you know, some, you know, veteran running backs that are going to get an opportunity somewhere. Um, you know, I know the Cowboys still have said that they haven't ruled bringing Zeke back, which wouldn't surprise me one bit, but. Um, other than that, like I think that, that's kind of the guys that I'd be taking a look at here.
1: Yeah, well, we can get out of here after this. I just want to throw out a couple more names. Uh, Puka Nakua landing with uh, the Rams, and there's nothing there outside of Cooper Cup. so I think he's an interesting dart, dart throw. Eric Gray... Landing behind Saquon Barkley, who still hasn't signed his his franchise tender. I mean, I, I think that ends up happening before the the season starts. I don't think Barkley's going to sit out, especially because he's someone we haven't heard a peep on when it comes to like any teams potentially kicking the can on him. You know, he was uh, he was given permission to go out and talk to the teams and you know seek a trade, and we haven't heard blip on that. So well, they, uh,
0: uh, like a day or two ago, they said they're going to, re- they're, they're going to uh, now the draft's over. They're going to get back to negotiating a new contract. I think is what it was said a day or two ago. So,
1: okay. Got it. Um, I, I still think, you know, he, he could make some sense, but behind Barkley and again, especially when we're talking about like a fourth round dart throw and another guy, uh, you know, we, we brought this up a lot in terms of like looking ahead and, you know, looking at, contracts and when guys are coming out for free agency and that sort of thing. But Charlie Jones for the, uh, for the Bengals obviously really has only has like that one big year of production last year at, at Purdue. But, you know, my guy, Tyler Boyd is going to be a free agent after this year. Obviously T Higgins I think is going to be a free agent after this year as well. So um, I, I think Higgins is obviously going to be uh He's, he's going to be the one who's prioritized over Tyler Boyd. So I think Charlie Johnson could potentially slide in, um, slide slide in as like that wide receiver three, potentially wide receiver two. But I do think they try and figure out a way to to keep Higgins also with that, that Burrow extension uh, coming up as well.
0: Yeah. And I guess if you want like a really, really deep one, uh, to Derek yes, Prince for the Chiefs, um, I've, i there's been a lot of yes. talks that like, yes. he is the, he's the Isaiah Pacheco clone and, you know, watch out. He's going to be the guy. cause I'm like, Jesus, this is, what we're, this is what we're doing. But you know, I guess you should always take, you know, shots on guys like this, depending on if they can get a, you know, a, get an opportunity. Um, it, it's not crazy for them if they wanted to cut Clyde or Lair. Um, they've already declined his fifth year option. Yeah. Um, they can't really save a ton of money by doing so, but it really wouldn't surprise me. You know, we kind of saw last year they brought in Ronald Jones. That didn't really ever work out. And they kind of just kept him around just for depth purposes. And he never really did a whole lot. Like that could possibly happen. They did resign sign Jarek McKinnon. But, um, generic Prince, though, if you look at his, his profile, like, uh, six foot, 216, very similar to Isaiah Pacheco, 441, has a 90, uh, ninety-six percentile speed score, 71st percentile burst score. He was actually, uh, number two, uh, in this entire running back class in terms of athleticism score. So, um, yeah. Uh, UDFA out of Tulsa. So uh, former Texas A&M Aggie.
1: Yeah, that was i uh, I'm I'm glad you brought that up. I, I have him written down for like a, for like a super deep uh, dynasty league that I'm in is like in an auction draft where hopefully I can just like snag him for, for a buck or two, stash him on the taxi squad and see what happens. But let's, uh, let's, let's answer Tam's question here. Then we'll get out We'll get out after this. Uh, any thoughts on Seattle's draft? Obviously, you know we we've beat, beaten the dead horse on the Zach Charbonnet thing, uh, and anything outside of outside of the Zach Charbonnet pick that, that sticks out to you with with Seattle? I did I did see that apparently that they were uh, really that that they were potentially looking at Anthony Richardson. You know, we're really debating him at five had the have the Colts not taken him and that would have been a really interesting spot but uh just any thoughts overall on Seattle's draft
0: I mean if we're not I mean I, I don't want to sit here and you know keep crushing it because I I do like the Devin Witherspoon pick that they that they got uh their, their first pick of the first round I think that was a really good pick you know getting J, JSN is a great pick like I don't mind it. Like it's not as the sexiest of landing spots in terms of just for fantasy purposes, but overall great landing spot gives them a, a solid number three wide receiver there for Geno Smith. If anything were to happen, you know, Tyler Lockett likely gone after this year anyway. So he kind of steps right into that, that easy role there for them. So I do like that. Um, I, I know we hate the Zach Charbonnet pick, but like, I, I, you know, it is what it is at this point. So obviously they have two solid running backs and that, that wasn't even the only running back they selected. Cause they also, I believe they drafted it. Uh, a second running back, um, as well, um, in that draft, yeah, they drafted Kenny McIntosh right yeah. in the seventh round, uh, as well. So, but overall, like, I, I, mean, it is what it is at this point. I just think you know, anytime it's like Seattle, like, even though that, like, the, what made DK Metcalf a title locket awesome last year for fantasy purposes or good for fantasy purposes is that they were the only guys in town. They really didn't have any tight end. Their number three wide receiver was really nobody. And so, like, it was – the target share was so consolidated between them two that it made them fantasy viable, right, on a week-to-week basis where now you in a third wide receiver into that, and I think it's going to take more away from some of those guys. And now I just don't really love the landing spot overall for any of them. Like Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, like, unless you think this is going to be a team that's going to be top 10 in pass rate, which I don't think it's going to be with what they're wanting to do – with what they've done in the draft with adding Zach Schreiber Day in the second round – it's just really hard to trust it, and so, like for fantasy purposes, I don't really love it for this year. Um, I think moving forward for JSN, I think it's great. Um, I think he'll be in a really good hands, and you know, I do think JSN is the best wide receiver in this draft. But I think just for this season, you know, I, I think that you know uh, it's not as great as what it could be. But I think moving forward, it's still a great. It's still a great landing spot. And ca- crazy things happen. Tyler Lockett tears ACL and in preseason, and JSN's wheels up for JSN. So.
1: You know those. You know
0: that's why landing spot for wide receivers isn't as important as it is for running. You know, as for running backs.
1: Yeah, I mean, I really don't have anything else to add. I think obviously pairing uh, Woolen and Witherspoon on on the outside is a really nice, uh, really nice rookie uh, rookie, really nice quarterback pairing. And then with obviously getting uh, Derek Hall there on, on the outside too, someone to go alongside of Luciano uh, Nwosu. On on the other side is uh is, is interesting as well. So it's it's just hard for me to really say anything positive again, given the given the Charbonnet thing. Just, just because, like I said, for for fantasy purposes, I mean that 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 could potentially be a a really really interesting duo just for for NFL purposes. Just if you're a fan of the Seahawks and you want to watch them, uh, but for fantasy purposes, just the fact that, like that just crushes two guys, unless this is just strictly depth behind Kenneth Walker, which then it obviously just completely crushes Charbonnet. But I, I don't know. I, I <laughs> If you I
0: were know. like, and I know, I know that this is, you know, this was kind of a uh, baseball around dynasty, but I guess just for like a season long perspective, at least for this year, like if Charbonnet were to be a guy that was going like the 12th, 13th, 14th round, would you take shots on? Cause like, I feel like at that point I would be okay. With, with, with taking a shot on him because anything could possibly happen, obviously. And I think, you know, the landing spot isn't terrible if something were to happen to Kenneth Walker. Or he's more involved in the passing game and he's kind of uses the goal line. Like, he could actually be the high-value guy that you'd want over Kenneth Walker. But, like, that's about the only shot that I think that, Ken, that Zach Charbonnet, that, like, I, I would want him, which which is sucks because I was – yeah. Love Zach Charbonnet. I think that's really the biggest problem. It's like we all love Kenneth Walker coming in before this happened, right? Kenneth Walker oh. was like locked in top 10 guy. Like, love Kenneth Walker. And then Zach Charbonnet was, you know, for a lot of people, was the number two running back for most people. For us, it for me, it was. And then they 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 just like nuked each other. And it's like, oh yeah. Okay. Well, this is where we're at. This is great. So and then I'll be having the 108 and a rookie draft. So this is a non-super flex.
1: Um Think that 108 range you're looking at, you know, depending on if you have to start a tight end or not. Um, but I think that's probably when you're starting to look at potentially like a a Kincaid, uh, in in that range, you know, Zay Flowers, depending on what happens ahead of that. I think you know, Mayor Laporta, also interesting. And then I think also, you know, depending on on your, your team needs, like I wouldn't. I wouldn't hate. I know it's only a a one QB, but I I wouldn't hate at that point, you know, know, potentially taking a a shot on Anthony Richardson. I know it might be a little bit early, but after you, if you take out like super flex, like this class definitely loses some of its luster. I like the the super flex drafts, but kind of looking and I haven't done one that was just one QB, but kind of going through my my ranks here and like eliminating (laughs) eliminating the quarterbacks and like trying to see like where I would have some of these guys, it gets uh it, it gets a little sketchy quick. So I also wouldn't mind just potentially trading that first, you know, for a, for a random 2024 first, Alexis. And I, I know we always talk about like, hey, next year, just wait until next year. But the chances of you having a pick that's ahead of that, you know, could be a little bit better. We're, we're really, really looking at, you know, nine, 10, 11, 12 in terms of having a worse pick than what you do this year. So, I mean, I think quarterback could potentially be in the works. Uh, you know, if you have to start a tight end, I think you could start looking at some of those guys. Uh, and then if not, we, Kevin, I both do like Jonathan Mingo and Josh Downs uh, quite a bit. So I think those two wide receivers would probably be the, the most realistic at 108.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think trading out of it would probably be the spot. Like if you can get a 2024. Um, 2024 does look good, but we did this last
1: year too. And the, the year before.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: the year like, before.
0: The, the things that change isn't necessarily just the players. It's also some of these guys don't actually commit and they stay because Zach Charbonnet should have been, uh, you know, should have been a guy who who came out last year. He didn't so decide to come back for one more year. So that's where some of these things could change or some of these guys don't end up declaring, like, you they think they're going to. Um, and that's, you know, where it takes some of the luster away from the, you know, the overall draft uh, prospect pool. And so that's kind of what happens. And so that also changes, but obviously we know like next year, obviously Marvin Harrison, is going to be the, you know, the unquestioned guy that, you know, the elite prospect that's going to be in that draft, kind of the B. John Robinson of the group. And then, you know, obviously Caleb Williams should be coming in that class. Drake May will be coming from there as well. So next year's class does look really good, but it can change really quickly as well with, with how things work. So um, overall, you'll know, we'll have to wait and see on that. So, you know, hold your breath on what you think is going to be, because I saw some people post like they're, Around this time, they posted a 2023 mock draft, uh, and uh, it's pretty rough of some of the players that they had. They had like Zach Evans, you know, going in like the first round and stuff like that. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, which, hey, I mean, it's, it's a mock draft. You're just, you know, I'm not knocking the person who ever did it, you know, because uh, things, that's how much, but that's just how quickly things change. So, yeah. Anyways, that being said, uh, the NFL draft is in the books. Uh, I can tell you, we have a we're going to be pumping out some real content here soon. Now the draft is over. I think here very quickly we'll be updating our rankings again. Now post draft, kind of see where some of these guys shake out in, in our overall our, our season long. I know this is what Cody loves more than anything is doing rankings. Like he just uh, six to midnight every every single time we talk real about quick. it. Um, and so we're going to have that. But we're you know, uh, I mean, redraft season is very very soon i mean it's not that far away we're into may may is gonna go by quickly next thing you know we got otas all that stuff training camps like what two and a half months away so uh i think schedule releases next week so i mean that's huge you know everyone looks forward to that you know the schedule coming out so um we got we're gonna start really ramping up the content i uh, I think we've been a little bit slow uh in the content creation department here um around these parts uh, with just being you but that's gonna change i'm getting excited to start pumping out some stuff here and start getting into the 2023 season now we kind of got everything laid out there's not much that's going to change from here so that being said keep it locked in here we got a lot more stuff coming um have a good rest of the week have a good weekend we will see you again next week probably with some rankings goodbye